everyone. Welcome to the We Do Know podcast, where we literally don't know. What I do know is that we are made up of Trent Lovejoy. That is me. Kendra Wilson. Me. And Jackie Meerhout. Nope. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> but that's her. As you know and likely don't know yet, we're here to talk about the things that come up, things we want to say, and things you may not know. At the top of the episode is the little list, quick list of random topics to talk about. So with that, Kendra. Kendra will get started. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about femininity and masculinity. Um, so I'm going to pose a question to you guys. In a partner, what are you guys looking for? More of a masculine energy or more of a feminine energy? Do you you mean, do you want a girly guy or you want a douchebag? Okay, so <laughs> you're right because it's, it's, it's a spectrum. Uh, <laughs> so for those at home, we are all, for the most part, interested in male partners. The means. The means. <laughs> so we can kind of stay on the topic of, or just, I guess, generalize. Uh, this will be about the men's. The men's. The attraction to the men's. Yeah. The D appointments. Yeah. The what? The D appointments. The D appointments. Oh. Fully booked. Booked and busy. I wish I was. Not in this quarantine, I'll tell you. I've got a lot of openings, children. Not for children. <laughs> Just so we're clear. He's taking applications for grown-ups. Fully <laughs> adult grown men. Full grown do you want to start? Because I'm going to stop talking. I'm still stuck on D appointments. Dick. Dick oh. appointments, Jackie. Mm-hmm. You know what that is. Like hookups? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You got to schedule a dick appointment in there every now and then. Huh. Calendar's filling up fast. <laughs> <laughs> Get your spot while you yeah. can. Um, so, the beauty of starting over is I can edit my response now. That's true. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Oh. Um, but I do think I do think the same thing that I had commented on earlier, which is wanting both present. I I do think that's why our world doesn't work is because there's been a push to force people to identify as one or the other, and that a blend of the two is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Where I feel a blend of the two is necessary, not just for romantic relationships but personal relationships with friends or co-workers and even just our world in general so I've definitely dated men who are more like hyper masculine and I've definitely dated men who are hyper feminine and then somewhere in the middle and I've just always been able to see a longevity with those men that were right in the middle that had both qualities yeah 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 I think it's I know we were talking uh, earlier about it, but in the in the gay community, there's most men have a duality of feminine, masculine, and feminine, just innately because you are living a lifestyle that is considered by a lot of men to be feminine so you're going out dancing you're clubbing or you're um 
you know, concerned with your hair or your clothes, your appearance. It's very, by kind of a very stereotypical standard, a feminine thing. Gay men are sometimes look as just instantly feminine, even though, you know, there's tons and tons of gay men who are hyper masculine Mm -hmm. that are huge beefy muscles Mm -hmm. they sport they love sports and Mm -hmm. drink beer and Mm -hmm. whatever but um because they blend in is that but because yeah but because they are passable if you will are perceived as you know super masculine but there's there's always going to be shifts in Mm -hmm. in different people i myself am attracted to probably a a a middle ground like you jack because if they're too masculine i'm not going to relate to them Mm -hmm. they watch sports they and i'm just i'm doing stereotypes of masculinity so lots of sports um you know building building things things destroying things Making people cry, um, no shoving people in lockers, <laughs> yeah, having, not showing emotions. Attacked right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shove you in a locker later. <laughs> um, but I can't relate to to that. Uh, what I can relate to growing up with two older sisters is a lot of feminine aspects mm-hmm. of of things. So. Although I, I'm not super attracted to a very feminine, what you would consider like super gay uh, or flamboyantly gay man, I still think there's a lot of relatable qualities that I find in someone who's a man who's a little bit more feminine than masculine. Although physical attraction might tell, might say more masculine. It's very odd that like, again, that duality of, I want him to look very manly, but I also want him to be, I want to be able to relate to him on a gay, feminine level. Sure. So, it's that. very toxic in that community too, this whole yeah. mask for mask and masculinity is this, what you always want to reach for and, and never wants to strive for. You won't get a date unless you're masculine and you really? act straight. Oh, yes. It's very toxic. Kenny, Kenny girl, country girl. Um, I, because I think I have more, I, I lean more towards the masculine side of things. Like I would say like, I'm like, Jackie, you were saying you have like a good balance, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I think more so for me, like I, I you have a good balance too. Really? I think yeah. that I have like, really, really? Um, so I have like my left foot all the way on the masculine side and my right foot is like halfway masculine, halfway (laughs) feminine. So like, I would say like, I'm leaning more towards like the masculine side, but I'm kind of right there. Like Jackie was saying in the middle, but because I lean more towards the masculine side, I think that I'm looking more for a masculine partner, which you think would be backwards, like yin and yang. Like you would think that I would want some, Mm. a man that's a little bit more feminine, but I like you, Trent. Not I don't want per se. I like his... you too. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, not necessarily in the looks department that I want him to look masculine, but I mean, 
he can look however he wants to. I don't I don't really have a preference with the looks. I have a, a lot of preferences with the personality and things like that, but not necessarily with looks. But sure. Um, oh, I thought you were being sarcastic. No. I was like, the scalpage yeah. has got to stop. Anyways, so um, I'm. I would like him to have more of a masculine energy because I think I relate to that more. But I think that, like you were saying, just subtle, those subtle hints of the feminine energy. And it, and you're asking more for a balance. I'm asking more for subtle hints. Like, where, like, you would... I I don't need you to be, like, super, like you said, hyper-masculine. That almost irks me a little bit, you know? Yeah, like a turn-off. Yeah, it's a, it's, it is a bit of a turn-off, but... Um, I I have dated that before and it wasn't you know it wasn't bad it just wasn't like oh this is I'm super attracted to you this it didn't is work. you know yeah exactly it didn't mm. work um but like some level of like care and comfort you know what I mean like it would be like in our private moments where he would like come lay his head on my lap or you know um it would be something very very thoughtful and you know that he would do or something very caring or something like that and I was like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, Kendra, are you mistaking the feminine energy for just a good-ass human being? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, what are, what, is it really you're looking for subtle hints of someone who is sh- showing you genuine, like... Affection. Yeah, yeah, versus, like, the feminine side. So that that's what's been swirling around in Kendra's brain all weekend. You're not one to show affection, are you? Not at all. Yeah. Don't touch me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. I think with talking, because this is a rather large topic in its, in itself, but you have to look at the the structure of masculinity and femininity and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Because to we're saying it, but as like this is what I'm interested in. But why? Why do we have a definition of masculinity? Why is there a definition of femininity? It's because females typically act this way. Men typically act this way. Mm-hmm. And that's likely something that I would assume, because we're a patriarchal society, that men made up that you need to be more like a man. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you're not acting like a female. You burp. Uh, if a girl burps or she wears, you know, uh, boys' clothes, like loose, more loose-fitting clothes that maybe hides her body, she's not being a woman. She's dressing like a man. Yeah. A guy doesn't want to play sports or, you know, takes too much time on his hair. He's a girly boy. You know, you need to be more masculine. Mm-hmm. That's all, like, social constructs. Yeah. Which so I think we... in itself is like yeah, a whole bag of shit. Yeah, I agree. Should we get to the point where there is no masculinity and femininity? It's just... I would love that. I think It's that... just we are who we are. Well, one, I want to clarify a comment I made. When I said that's so weird, I, I said that incorrectly. I'm, I'm not trying to claim that you're weird for being who you are. <laughs> Girl! But... but <laughs> To me, it's weird because I do find you to be a like attentive to Trent and I and affectionate towards us. Mm-hmm. So to to see That's that true. that you would make a comment that like in a romantic relationship you'd almost mm. shun the affection side of things is surprising to me. Because mm. even even just 
the willingness to like slap a leg or slap a shoulder yeah. or like even bump into one another like punch me in the face yeah like all of that is <laughs> obviously signs of affection yeah that's love <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not that way in a relationship that's interesting to me is it possible that it happens and you just don't face or don't give it any acknowledgement or, or attention i think like sometimes we'll, i'll have like i'm thinking of like past relationships sometimes we'll have playful moments but don't you dare try to kiss me in public i will what was that over there excuse me what really like i i can i can barely do a handhold because you it don't depends think on where it's we're at. appropriate or because does it make you uncomfortable have you ever seen your parents do that in public I think when I was, yeah, they hold hands in public, and I think that they, like, I haven't seen them, I've seen them kiss out in public. I don't think they do it on a regular basis. Okay. Um, but, um. I only say that because that's, like, the first form of appropriate attention yeah. and affection that we learn is how our parents do that towards each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. is your family very affectionate towards each other? Hugs, I love yous. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's it because I think I get I got smothered too much. Maybe I had too much love. Like my mother would love me to like literally sit next to her and like, oh mom, you know, or give her a kiss. What are you like doing? anytime I leave, Let's like she out. literally gives me a kiss, and every time I like, I cringe. I'm like, oh my god, her <laughs> lips are on my body. Get them away. I do mom. that too. I try to turn my head just enough so she kisses like my hair. <laughs> Don't touch me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, like Whitney and I, like not my mom, but my best friend, Whitney, we don't hug each other. Like her and I are the same way. Like we're like, nope. But she is your ride or die. She is my ride or die and has been my ride or die since day one. We say we love you. How is she in romantic relationships the same way? No, she's, she's very lovey-dovey and yeah. Um, almost to the point where I'm just like... Uh, do you need me to go now? Right. <laughs> are you, is he going to penetrate you, you here Are tomorrow? you about to put it in? Is what <laughs> <I was like. laughs> Give me a warning first, right, please. Exactly. We're in public. Please calm down. But um, you were, some, one of you said something about social constructs. I came across this um, friend's post the other day on Instagram that said, um, how do you identify is a microaggression? And... I went through this whole like conversation in my head about it because at my at first jump, I was like, "Well, how am I supposed to be respectful to this person's wishes if I don't ask them if they're doing something outside of like you look like a male to me?" So when I'm talking about you or with you, I may say he pronouns. Yeah, right? I might say the pronouns that don't fit with who you are as a person, and then I felt angry about it. And then I thought more, I'm like, well, why, why am I angry? I'm angry because I'm being asked to change and -hmm. change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not angry. I'm uncomfortable. And, and then I went, well, then this becomes impossible. Like, how do you actually communicate with people if you can't use those identifiers? And then I came to the place of, oh, what we want to do is strive for a world where you don't have to be identified as anything. You just are. Or you just ask. Well, but the it was saying the the post said, "How do you identify as a microaggression?" Oh, so the, that, question the question itself. Question itself, yeah. 
see. You know what I'm saying? Like this is to. Uh, this is the path that the this whole progression of our world is going down, yeah. which leads you to the why do we need identification in the first place? Is where I went to with that in, in the conversation I had. You know, why can't I just be reliant on how you show up as a person? Have you mm-hmm. been reliable? Have you been trustworthy? Are you kind? You know what I mean? How's your energy? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to add to it? Do you look feminine or do you look masculine? Yeah. Are you just a good person? Yeah. In yeah. general. I think that's that's a, that's a good place to end that one because we could go on about that one, but I, I wholeheartedly agree, I think. Oh, just like... What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? Not a lot. Because <laughs> we are in, I don't know if you have heard, a global pandemic. However, What's a pandemic? Can you use that in a sentence? It is um, a pan, a little butter, a little <laughs> olive oil, 350 degrees. Both? Yes. <laughs> really oily. <laughs> really coat that pan. Um, it is the... Worst thing that's ever happened to this poor, <laughs> poor rock that we maybe not on. the worst. Thing. I was like, I there's, think there's <laughs> one thing that comes like the motherfucking Holocaust was pretty fucking awful. That was awful. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't know. The but... dinosaurs leaving us. Yeah. A meteor. That's kinda... <laughs> meteor. Okay. Listen. Um. Meteor. <laughs> Did you send it to all of us? Did I send no, it to you? No, you didn't send it to no. me, but you told me about it. That's one thing that's pulled me out of this absolute horrendous quarantine is TikTok. But we could... Yeah. Am I the only person in America that there. doesn't have it downloaded? I You're not, you but did. there is... Oh. There's a lot of people... Technically, I heard something like they're going to take it away, too. Yeah, Michaela's been saying that, but yeah. I don't know. But honestly, I don't care if China is, has my information from it or whatever the whole... Well, this world has your information already. The entire, yeah, everyone. Hello, FBI. I agent. think it turns. He's listening now. I think it turns into. <laughs> yeah. I think it turns into. Well, they're gonna do what we're already doing, and so we don't want you to know what they're doing because then you're gonna look at us and be like, "Well, what are you doing?" Right. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's pointing a finger now. Yeah. Um, that has for sure helped move along this dreadful year. Um, I just saw a tenant. Last week, the movie. Oh, I thought you meant a tenant. In- What's up, you, got tenant. Rent, you got rental uh, houses? You own, leases. You own that level? I'm renting, but I also own a place that right. I'm renting out. Exactly. It counterbalances. Um, so, it was... It's directed, if I'm not mistaken, by the guy who also directed um, Inception. It was... So I don't take it's not very difficult to confuse me, especially when it comes to movies. But let me tell you, I was confused the entire time. Why? I still don't know what really happened. <laughs> to be honest, and it's been a week later. I've not even seen the trailer. Ricardo saw you did or didn't? Did not. Or I went with with my friend Ricardo, and he seemed to understand it. But again, he's a smarty. Yeah. Um, I just can't. I just didn't follow it as well. Have you seen the trailer for it? No, I have to look it up. It's it's just like another mind fuck, like in Inception was. Okay, um, but you got Inception. It though. did its job. 
You got Inception. I wouldn't say the first time I watched it, I was 100% on board. I get it. You were not. Were not. Was not. Was not. But after watching it, like, maybe two or three times, I was like, oh. Because a lot of those pieces filled in. It's like when you read a book the first time, you're like, that was a great book. Then you reread it a, li- a little bit later and be- and you're like, yeah. I didn't really notice the first time I read this. Yeah. It's kind of that. Yeah. However, I wouldn't watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. I think I was, I, I'm also a little disappointed in you, Trent, so. Because I didn't get Inception on the first watch? Yeah. Like, because when, to me, I'm like, if you got Inception but didn't get the tenant, I'm like, oh shit, this movie must be like hardcore, like deep. But it, uh, <laughs> it, but then you're saying you didn't get Inception the first time you watched it, you had to rewatch it. I didn't get it a hundred percent. Like I understand every aspect of that movie. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Thank you for. But yeah, I got the general. You got the general gist, gist of it. Of it. Okay, yeah. that that makes me feel a whole lot better. Not I'm no that longer dumb, disappointed. But... That's pretty much it. I'm just literally trying to find anything I can to keep my spirits up because it's a hard year. Everyone is going through it. Mm-hmm. So any little escape of uh, like uh, cheeriness, happiness, yeah. laughter. Yeah. Ugh, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't feel the same sentiments towards this year. I haven't felt very challenged. I've just tried to really push myself to just roll with whatever it is. Yeah. And because I make choices like I do go out to eat and I have done pickup and delivery and I think there's some things, yes, there's some things that I haven't been able to do, but, um, you know, there's still plenty that's fulfilling me, I guess. And uh, the big shifts that have gone on this year with people moving out of my house and it's opened up things to do. Um, as opposed to, you know, trying to find things to do. I think it'd be different if I was trying to find things to do. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like it's had such a huge impact and negative effect on my life and, and directly. But I guess I'm talking more generalization, like what it's done to oh the economy, what gotcha, it's done gotcha, to gotcha. people's families, what it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just, and it just puts, it's sad to think about all the effects that it it's had and why it's kind of just like a shitty year is people have lost loved ones, family members mm-hmm. and jobs and their houses. And you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's such a heavy topic to think about and just live in constantly that you have to find some type of escapism because yeah. you mm-hmm. will go right down with the boat. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think this year has been the most trying year for me mentally. Like, and I think that a lot of it is just me being in a state of, like, uncomfortableness, which Jackie and I have talked about this before offline. Just had to throw a work terminology in there just for you. (laughs) Keeping it offline. But, no, um, embracing the feeling of being uncomfortable because that's kind of where you're the, the, you're in that sweet spot of of the change. Like, you, I kind of feel myself, um, trying to change and trying to get on the other side of it um and it's just it's uncomfortable and it's hard to to be in this uncomfortable state and to deal with some of the issues that i've and jackie and i've talked about this too issues that i've had for years 
um, but it's all surface, uh, you know, bringing itself to light more so. It's always been there. It's always been in the light, but I've just choose to scoot it under the rug. Push it down. Push it. <laughs> Push get it that, away. Get that vacuum. Push it away. Yeah. Anyways. Or that, I should say that broom. Um, and sweep it under the rug. But uh, this year has really, um, really caused me to face some of those things. And it's uncomfortable, man. She's been training you. I Listen, think 2020 has been, she's been acting a plum ass fool. <laughs> I think that's the beauty of slowing us all down is for those of us that haven't experienced loss or, you know, whether that's loss of people, loss of job, loss of hobby, whatever that loss is, loss of home. We're really in a unique position to slow down enough to be present to what is there. And to be present to our actions tied to those things that surface. So we can take different action. Um, my hope would be that people that are in that position can come out of this to be more nurturing, more caring, more understanding to the world. So that we have like more of those people on our side. Yeah. When all of us come back together. You know what I mean? That Fingers crossed. Yeah. I think the only thing I have just a very brief light topic. It's um like body image. <laughs> the happiest of all three topics. And that's it. Okay. And that's it. Let's wrap it up. Um, I've been uh, writing down all, all of what I'm eating again and being more conscious of moving my body and tying it to not to weight, but to feeling. Like, how, how am I sleeping? Am I sleeping better? How is my body performing? Is it performing better? What hurts? What doesn't hurt? What is me saying, I can't do this in my mind, versus my body going, you can actually do this. You could, yeah. yeah. Um, do you and, weigh yourself every day? No, I haven't weighed myself in, like, two years. Oh, thank God. I don't know if I could ever do that. That, that every number day. is degrading. Yeah. That number game is yeah. purposefully... Because you could wear the exact same clothes, but be one number yesterday and a different number today. Exactly. You're always shifting, yeah. fluctuating. Not yeah. you as in you. As I am. I mean, we all are. Even I mean, just the fucking... I am. Like, I am. Hey. Even just so like the heat. You get all like swollen oh, from yeah, the yeah. heat, and then, heaven forbid, you weigh yourself. And you you're take like, a shit, and I'm five pounds down. Yeah. Um. I'm <laughs> floating on cloud nine. Nine. I do feel... Five pounds lighter than that. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I can go take a run now. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I just had the runs, and now I can go take a run <laughs> because I'm a lot lighter. Am I the only one that gets excited when you get like the flu or have like the stomach virus? Because you're like, oh, I'm about to lose ten pounds because I'm yes, about to shit and throw everything up. <laughs> I've never had the stomach flu. Me either. Really? No. What? It's the worst. But to answer your when question. <laughs> Me personally, no. I don't get excited for those things. <laughs> Me and my sister, like, for anytime illness. we get, like, an illness like that, we're always like, well, good thing is we're about to lose five pounds. You're like, oh, I got right. mono. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thin. Oh, man. I've definitely put on weight, though, since all of this started. and Yeah. Um, that's been, I think it was starting before this started. And I don't necessarily think I move less. I think it's the same. I've brought habits into my house that were external. Like my sugar consumption was always at work as far as candy goes. And I could keep it there. So I might have a little or a little too much. But it wouldn't come home. Mm -hmm. And now I've incorporated it into my home. And now it becomes like. Safe. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. now I do it more. 
and um, yeah, just, I remember distinctively, we had all gone out for the first time, it was like the first time for me being out in a restaurant, and, or maybe second time, and I felt very, um, like, I didn't feel attractive to myself, I didn't feel good about myself, and it, I was like, oh shit, I do have to show this body off to the world, <laughs> like, that's how you gain interest from what you're looking, you know, I'm looking for a relationship, but I'm not going to put in an investment. Like, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like going to the hairdresser, their hair looks like shit. And you're like, Oh, I'll sit with you right now. Pass. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was my eye opener to, to wanting to make change, but change has been hard too. You know, the weight thing has been a perpetual thing for me and big swings at that. My top being like 290 pounds and you know, my lowest being like 150. So there's like constant, you know, where am I at? And my, my want is just feeling good. Yeah. It's not anything else but that. Yeah. So if I walk around and I feel good, that's what I want for myself. Absolutely. First of all, Jackie, 150. That's, that's. And I still, I still thought I was fat. That's very tiny. Because my mind hadn't, because it shifted so much so fast, my mind hadn't caught up to what my body was doing. Isn't that the gag? That you, so you want to lose 50 pounds, you lose that 50 pounds and you're still like, okay, now what can we move to next to fix? Mm-hmm. Because this wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, and that never, never s- about the weight. Right. But that's, that's the thing. That's the gag. It's, it never stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, okay, so you wanted abs, you got those abs. And now you're like... Yeah, but my love handles kind of look a little weird. You didn't see those love handles before, though. Yeah. Or even if you did, you weren't so concerned about them. It's just we always have to constantly just kill ourselves. Yeah, you're absolutely right. True that. All right. So moving on to the small topic of cultural appropriation. Just the smallest... Probably not very relevant at this point, right? It's very tiny. It's, you know... It doesn't have what to do is with it much. Even, you know... No one's ever heard of it, so... Well, I thought this was an interesting, all jokes aside, relatable topic, obviously, of, with the condition of the world right now, but especially of the U.S. Um, so I'm glad we we're going to talk about this, but... I don't need to necessarily start it off or anything, but there are certain aspects of it that I definitely wanted to touch on. So, by I know all means, uh, <laughs> honey. I know it's such a large topic. Um, one thing that really drew me to it is, and this are based on a lot of what I find interesting, is fashion. Mm-hmm. A lot of the iconography, so fashion, art, and. Um, like, uh, I guess, cosmetic mm. a- approach to it. Mm. Um, what did you guys... I started kind of like doing some research on... Um, or actually started thinking through one thing that I do personally. And then I happened to be just kind of thinking through what habits I have that could be tied to other cultures. And I started thinking about yoga it is yoga cultural appropriation because it doesn't come from our space. You know, it's not 
it's not a United States-born activity. It is a cultural thing from the East. And so where does my participation in that activity take me? Like, should I be going further than what I'm doing? Um, Should I be stopping because I'm not going as far as I should be going? Um, So those were... The, and the personal thing was, uh, Michaela was, it was suggested to Michaela <clears throat> by her friend's mother that she start using the Cantu products and the family's a Hispanic family and they use the products. And then Michaela has been using the products and then I just started using the products. But then I thought, well, does that fall in the same line of things? Am I, this, this wasn't created for my hair texture or my hair type, but I'm using it. And I I like what it does for my hair. Michaela likes what it does for her hair. But is that also, like, not the top of that bucket, but is that something that's, like, very nominal and in there that, like, there's plenty of shit that I can go and use that's made for my hair. You know what well, I mean? Well, to speak to that, um, I think one of the things, well, when Cantu did their relaunch, I think when they first started, I don't necessarily think that their they made products more geared towards, like you were saying, coily or kinky hair, as they would say. A tight coil. Tight Kinks. coil. Okay. Um, but I think with the rebrand, they had a lot of um, women that looked different. They had Hispanic women on there. They had what I would perceive to be Caucasian women with a, with a pattern close to yours. Um, they had people with, like, my hair texture hair tighter, you know, coils in mine. And I think that they're trying to be inclusive of all types of wavy and curly hair, regardless of the color of your skin. So I wouldn't say that that, and I think that you, didn't you say you used some Carol's daughter before or no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that it's just that type of thing is just, it's the, it's the hair type. It's not necessarily like the the skin color. Um, I would say, um, but the biggest thing for me that I took away from cultural appropriation, and I and I did read some articles on it, um, because in to my in my mind what I thought was cultural appropriation was, I don't think is the true definition of what it really was. And Wikipedia said, no, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna read. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do. Have I it. did use Wikipedia. Good old. <laughs> I Wiki do. As it a says source. cultural appropriation at times also phrased cultural misappropriation is the adaptation of an element or elements of one culture or identity by members of another culture or identity. This can be controversial when members of a dominant culture appropriate from disadvantaged minority minority cultures. Okay, so thank you, Wikipedia, because that is a good segue into what I'm about to say. I think there's two things that... I think we're all guilty of some sort of cultural appropriation, whether it's from a minority group or not. I think I that we all steal from each other and I think that that's the beauty of this world. There's certain things that we can pull from certain cultures as long as we, I think, give that other culture recognition for that. It's not like you're trying to steal it and take it for your own. For your own. Because um, I think yoga, that would be kind of selfish to keep that in the Eastern world and not bring it over here to us. We need that shit too. Well, and <laughs> that's, so can I jump off of that? I think we're getting ready to say the same thing. Well, I probably not. Um, <laughs> I watched a documentary a long time ago and also bought the book on Yogananda. 
I knew 100% we were going to say the same thing. Um, But he was a yogi from the East, and his mission was to come to the West and introduce the Western world to yoga. And so then how far does this cultural appropriation thing go when parts of the world want you to be a part of these things? Which is where I think the world should be. If I find something that's beneficial to me and my human existence and my human body, why would that be limited to just a culture if we're all humans? You know what I mean? I think there's two things that upset me about true cultural appropriation. I think that that need, need to, a pause moment needs to happen. I think when you're culturally appropriating something that's very sacred to that one culture. So say for instance, like if it's like a ceremonial, like I think of Native Americans, like as my, my big thing and how like the Kansas City Chiefs, like come, 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 you know, but yeah. like obviously they do, like they have the headdresses. Like I'm, I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with, them saying the Kansas City Chiefs because I think like it's not like a derogatory name for the Native American culture. They do have chiefs in their tribes. It's point blank period. I don't think that that part of it is the derogatory part, but I think like the headdresses, which are very sacred to their whatever ceremonies that they have, and they just be walking around. And I say they because it's not me, and I'm not saying they's in a, in a specific group or whatever. But the fans, fans some of the fans, yeah. walk around with them headdresses, on. and I'm like, come on now. Um, or the Redskins, obviously now they're called the Washington football team, which I think is a horrible is idea. That, the new name? that is the new name for now. Let's they all just cannot be misconstrued let's all for pray anything else. Real hard that they change that real fast. <laughs> or everybody else is gonna change to the Chicago football team and the Philadelphia football yeah. team. And also too like I'm thinking from a money perspective, I think a lot of it has to do with money. It's they didn't want to rebrand because it costs millions of dollars to rebrand. And I was like reading like the list of owners, like who was like the richest football teams, and like the Washington Redskins were like right at the bottom. Like they are the out of all the football teams that need a rebrand, like that could have afforded a rebranding or needed or not needed a rebranding, but um, that had to have a rebranding but couldn't afford it. It, that was the worst one right there because they don't make that much money. Um, but I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do to. It, and I think that they're doing. They're on the way to doing something right. They're trying to make it right, you mm-hmm. know. And and the, I agree with that. So I think it's the ceremonial, the sacred things that are ceremonial to a, a specific minority group. But then also too the thing that really, oh. I think that bothers me internally that I think that I could get past maybe, but it's something that still kind of boils my blood a little bit. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when, Jackie, when you played the Umbach video for um, Hanson yeah. and, the little, and the boy had them braids. Um, oh, the youngest one, didn't the he? The youngest one had the, yeah, the, bra- the braids. I think... It didn't bother me, and I don't think that it's necessarily... I, yes, maybe braids started with the African-American um, community, right? Um, I think that I did, I, when I went to school, I may have saw, you know, the white girls with, like, the French braids down or, mm-hmm. like, a braid in a pigtail, but I never saw them in corn rolls. I never saw them in the type of braids that we had, or like the box, box braids, braids, right? you know what I mean? Like, I never really saw that. And I don't want to say that it's cultural appropriation, but what I have a problem with and what boils my blood 
is that I see a majority culture, so I'm just going to say white people, taking from the black culture like that, but then don't want to take the time to walk a mile in our shoes. Yeah. And understand it. And understand it. You think it's cool to wear braids, you know, but you know, it's not cool to be an actual black person and to be worried about racism and to be worried about all this stuff. So like the, the, it's, it's cool to take the things that we've made, you know, and the things that we've come up with and the, and, but to actually live in our skin, I don't think that they would. And to feel it. mm -hmm, And to feel it. I don't, I don't think that they would do that. No. So. Well, I think, and you guys are kind of hitting on the different topics that I focus on too. So hair, fashion, kind of that iconography. Um, Along that same vein, I think a lot of, from my understanding, and that's just my opinion, is it was a lot of, it was born out of a lot of necessity. Mm -hmm. So with with normal, I guess normal, that's not a good word to describe normal hair, but with typical Caucasian hair, it's not as coiled. There's mm-hmm. a lot more things that you could do with it. Right. You could curl it. You could straighten it. You could do this, that, and the other with it. With black hair, there's only so much that you can do with it. So if yeah. you want to do braids, you want to do mm-hmm. cornrows, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? If you yeah. want to do... Um, weaves, extensions, yeah. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, you need a lot of times a base for that too, which is braids mm-hmm. or some types, right. some types of uh, rows. So it came more out of a necessity of, well, I need to do something else with this hair. Right. And then kind of evolved from there. Right. You as a, I'm going to say female, a white female, you don't have to do those. Yeah. And it's was, not yeah. born out of necessity right. for you right. to do that. There are many other things that you yeah. could do with your hair. And that was one of the thoughts that popped in my mind when the Umbop video with that boy. I was like, he don't need them braids. What the hell? He got braids I always think for. of the, the, and it was always white girls from my uh, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. would come back from Jamaica, would come back from Mexico, Girl. would come back from Girl. this, that, or the other with Full and the beads. cornrows. Oh, the cornrows and then the and bead beads at the end. Yes. And, yes. and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that this is cultural appropriation. I'm not saying white people can't wear braids in their hair. I think it's a pause moment. And I think that it's, it's, it's where just to stop and to think a moment about what you're, what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. You know, um, what you're presenting. What because you're presenting. one thing that I think of, too, is the workplace. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, and for some, for uh, a lot of employers, I'm sure, braids or cornrows are not perceived as professional. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. A no. lot of black hairstyles are not perceived as yeah. professional. Yeah, absolutely. So it's unkept. It's, it's unkept, unkept hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... When you, as a white female, or I guess as a white male, if you want to braid your hair too, you could do that if mm-hmm. you've got long enough hair, but it's typically white females. If you are going to wear braids, mm-hmm. especially to the workplace, 
it is likely a guarantee you aren't going to be looked at as a black woman with braids. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get the same type of glances and questions of, oh, I see you did that to your hair. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It has a different perception. And what you mean is, or I think what you mean is walk a mile in our skin is that very thing is you never felt being told you need to change your hair because that's unprofessional. Thank you, Trent. I couldn't articulate it the the way... You've never felt that. Mm -hmm. You've never had to, you know, do a different style to your hair just to change it. Mm -hmm. To, you know what I mean? Right. There's there's so many other options for you. Right. But you're not taking the time to really understand what that hairstyle Mm -hmm. really entails. And it has a lot of history with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I follow an influencer on social media, and she, um, she's in Australia, and she did the uh, cornrows, but she actually put, like, um, different color weave in it, and, like, she had the cornrows down to, you know, like, her, her butt, and they had to stop the whole campaign. They had to stop everything. She had to submit an apology. Like, I don't think we need to take it to that degree, but I think that she learned something that day yeah. that, you know, that it... Like I said, it's just a pause moment to, you know, to stop and and to think about it. And you're right, Trent. Like, even, like, the natural hair, I remember at the point that I decided to stop wearing my hair straight. Because that's what they told us for years, that straight hair, straight long hair was beautiful, right? It's beautiful, it's right? That's because, you know, white women had long, straight hair or whatever. Not every white woman, you know what I mean? And, like, they were trying to tell me this kink wasn't cute, you know, or was unkept or wasn't professional. Mm-hmm. And then I was like... Why can't I wear my hair the way my hair grows out my scalp and y'all can wear y'all's hair the way y'all's hair grow out y'all's scalp? Like, right. you know, so, I don't know. It's, uh, but I think that you, you articulated what I was trying to articulate but just couldn't get it out. You're welcome. In the most elegant way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I just, that, that's one thing. The other thing, and I think it's kind of relevant now that Halloween is coming up, which has been canceled, hasn't it? Hasn't anything, everything been canceled this year? My I wouldn't God. doubt that it's been canceled. I mean, Christmas might be canceled. Sorry, Santa. Probably. He ain't coming down Can your chimney. Can we please? Um, unless you're Clorox in that chimney, he ain't coming down. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um, and just imagine for a second Santa in a mask, like a face mask, <laughs> red with like white uh, fur around the edges of it. Come on, Santa. Serving. Nope. Um, but... Uh, I think of Halloween and um, dressing up Oh yeah. has been a huge hot topic of, not the store, of, <laughs> but if you, got, if you want to sponsor us, hot topic, please do, um, of cultural appropriation. Dressing up as an Indian, mm-hmm. in, or an, excuse me, a Native American. Mm-hmm. I apologize, a Native American. Um, blackface. Whew. I mean... I told you, Whitney, my mom, the coalition of black parents, she brought all the people to school when this, yeah. when this little, this white lady and her son, she painted her son's face black when he dressed up as Urkel. And my mom said, uh-uh. Yeah. And led all the rest of the black parents up. She was not playing. Right. She's like, you don't have to paint your face black in order for us to know that your child was being Steve right. Urkel. Yeah. Well, all of those things, I think boil down to what I think it all stems from is respect. Yeah. So you talked about um, 
a lot of those Native American um, religious aspects Mm -hmm. or ceremonial aspects, that has to do with respect. Mm -hmm. You need to, A, understand what it's used for, Mm -hmm. why it's used, Mm -hmm. and in the context of not how you want to perceive it, Mm -hmm. how it has come about in its own life. Mm -hmm. Not, well, this is my understanding of it. No, you need to get the real understanding of it to really, truly know and respect it. Right. So I think respect is a huge thing for that. And going back to the girl with that white girl with her with her braids done. Mm-hmm. You need to respect what caused what's what was the story behind this? What is mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it all comes to respect. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. That's kind of. And I, I feel like a fucking asshole for bringing up the research that I did because it's pales in comparison to this topic. But it, I feel like it fits because going back to the yoga thing, the the one site that I went to, which was a part of Kalamazoo University, it's like a segment of that university and led by a number of educators. What they're saying is, is you're willing to take from the culture, but you also should be giving to the culture. So if you're Absolutely. going to yeah. if I you're going that. to adapt yoga into your practices, how are you also going to give back to the Indian community mm-hmm. by way of I get I'm these are my words by showing gratitude for having mm-hmm. been able to um take the time and spread the knowledge mm-hmm. and give to other parts of the world. Cuz I mean that thing exploded as soon as yeah. They made efforts, it was in the 60s or 70s he came mm-hmm. over, that thing just took off. Right. And for all good reason, it wasn't anything bad, it was all good stuff, but, um, and I don't know that that's something that you could do in these other aspects either, you know, like hairstyles and things like that, I don't, I don't know that there's, because it's such a visual representation of something, yeah. that how am I going to know if, how's anybody going to know if I'd style my hair that way? what level of knowledge I have, what level of respect I have for that culture, what I've done for that community. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody's going to be able to identify that just by way of me having gone out and walked around with a hairstyle like that. So I, I think in those terms, like, it is important to be respectful and make good choices. Mm-hmm. Um, by what you were saying, and I think I'm, if I heard you wrong, I want you to tell me and correct me, but... You you're saying you're not saying not to wear the hairstyle, but what I was hearing was you were saying don't wear the hairstyle. You know what I mean? Mm. Because you you said it was a pause moment and got her to understand what was going on and why that decision led to the outcome that she experienced. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's still a representation of don't wear the hairstyle. Because from that point forward, there's not an opportunity for her to wear the hairstyle and have a different outcome. You know what I mean? I okay, so this is what she, and I'll explain what she did. Um, and when I say I'm not saying a white woman wearing braids is not cultural appropriation, because I don't personally get offended by it every day. So, like, say for instance, Jackie, I saw you walking around with corn rolls, like, and I didn't know you, and I saw you in Target, like, I wouldn't boil my blood, like, I wouldn't get upset about it, and you know, walk up to you and be like, hey. That's a black people style. Don't you do that. <laughs> That's ours. Right? That's ours. Um, I think braids in general 
aren't a part of the black culture because I think that any culture can wear braids. I think it was just the type of braids. I think is what is what upset me. The Hanson boy with the single braids coming down. Yeah, like you said, you you're for his particular hair type. That's not out of necessity. That was a choice that he made, right? And then like the way that this lady had hers, it was actual corn rolls with weave attached to her hair and her hair is already down her back and she wanted to add more in Mm -hmm. you know not saying that she can't do that and what i'm saying like i'm not saying you can't i think to me what i'm saying is it doesn't necessarily bother me or boy my butt but i think i just want it to be a teaching moment a moment to stop for someone to say hey like think about what you're doing I was, but i get what you're saying though jackie after they actually think about it it's like maybe i shouldn't do this well and (laughs) That's what I was kind of thinking of while you were saying that too, Jackie, is sometimes that level of respect is is saying to yourself, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to choose not to. That's that's the level of respect. Yeah. But we're, it, it's, Americans, I, I feel like more than ever are, oh, but I should be able to do it if I want mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Do you have to though? Right. Well, No. But I, I should be able to if I want to. This is America. Yeah. Okay. Also, Karen, why are you yelling? Right. right. One, A. B, you don't have to. Right. But I could. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. Right. And it would be more respectful if you didn't. Right. Yeah. But our mentality is don't tell me what to fucking do because mm-hmm. if you tell me what to not do, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Why not? Let's just have respect. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. Please just don't. Yeah. Uh, just don't. Yeah. Okay. It, does it end my life? No. Mm-mm. There's other things that I could do. There's other, you know, you know what I mean? Right. right. But still on your topic of yoga, you're still, if you're still giving that respect back to not only, all right, what can I teach so that I can get people in here and get some money? There should be an aspect of education of what, and I'm sure I know there is but there should be an aspect of that giving back and educating of Mm -hmm. you know this is where it originally originated this is where it started this is what it's all about it's not just you know some moves on a map some moves on a map that you can take a picture with and post on Instagram it has this you know there's other history and ties and a connection with it yeah and I think that's yeah yeah but that's why I always come back to the word respect. Because I feel like that's really... Sing it, Aretha. That was my... Those are the biggest ones. Kind of that hair, fashion, the clothes. Those were kind of the biggest aspects that kind of resonated with me and ones that I wanted to really find out more about because that seems to be the the biggest trigger points too is because it's appearance you're seeing someone and that's what triggers you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the and it's not just uh the the black community either it's the um the asian community as well Mm -hmm. kimonos are a huge Mm -hmm. cultural appropriation and i feel like tons of people Mm -hmm. white black doesn't you know Mm -hmm. whatever it is has you know, a robe or a kimono in there, you know, they put on before they go to bed or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just been so 
appropriatized. I don't know if that's a word, but... Honey, you just made it a word. It is today. It's been so interwoven into, like, what is... Oh, it's fine. It's okay. I can do that, right? Yeah. It's it's no big deal. But it is. Yeah. A kimono, I believe. A lot of, of certain attire and dress in the Chinese culture is... Ceremonial. Comes back to ceremonial or just you understand why it's being worn Mm -hmm. or when it should be worn Mm -hmm. there's certain or how it should be cared for how it should be cared for there's i i know of uh i watch um a girl on youtube um i believe she's korean if i'm not mistaken and she there's certain things that go in into the sewing process of those garments. Mm-hmm. Certain silks, certain materials, and where you get those certain materials all go into that whole process of what an authentic kimono is. Mm-hmm. And you buying it on Amazon for $25, that's not the same. Mm-hmm. Brenda. <laughs> Karen. Karen. Linda. So let's do this. We're rounding out to the end of our time. I'm thinking maybe not to aggressively cut you off but it was rather aggressive Uh, maybe how about each of us take the last 30 seconds each and maybe a message you want to send off with this podcast like if if we're wrapping all this up what's something in in closing that you want to say (laughs) (laughs) or sing if you just want to say it no I think that um, my whole thing is just what Trent was saying is the respect um, just pause and, and think about um, some of the things, where you got some of the things in your life and um, from which cultures and try to, like you said, pay, pay homage to them, whether it be giving them the right recognition and or doing some homework or some research on some things before uh, proceeding with what we call our norm. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Just, I know it. it's not as easy as just doing whatever you want. And just doing it at a drop of a dime. But just take a second. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I'm asking. Educate yourself. Yeah. I think where I want to land is, you know, really looking at... The education piece is huge, but looking at what you're doing present day. And is anything that I'm doing now mm-hmm. fitting in that place? And if I am, finding it within myself to make that change. So that, you know, we're stepping forward in a way that allows us to be more synergistic and more, mm-hmm. you know, cautious of one another and, and respectful of one another. Yeah. yeah. All right. There you go. Awesome. Great topic, guys. Great topic, Kendra. Kendra. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank